sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And our perpetual guest. Your favorite guest. That's well, that's another way to say it. I'm back. And your name would be? Oh, it's me, Betty Davis. <laughs> no, it's Michael again. It is Michael again. Yay. And this week, Pat... And all our guests are our favorites. Yes. No, that's not what you told me. Shh, Michael. <laughs> we want to get other people back on, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. I can't do all the shows. You could. <laughs> I don't... You should just do the whole show. John and I will just... I, we will be the guests. Yeah, I'll do it without you. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, I'll call your guests, and we'll just do a shows without you guys. We'll... Talking shit about us. Right. Be... <laughs> I think that would be much more popular. <laughs> I think it would, too. And we'll take long breaks in between, like 10-minute breaks, <laughs> like 20 minutes into the show. <laughs> we, uh... We do have we have a fan that we haven't met that's going to come on. Uh, just talk to her today and in, in a couple weeks, I think. So uh, cool. hopefully she is not batshit crazy, <laughs> but we'll find out. Well, all our other guests have been at least uh, some sort of shit crazy. So that's true. Mole shit, I, don't, I would say for for Michael. I don't think we should uh, hold her up to such a high standard. That's <laughs> true. You're right. Nobody could be worse than Mia. I. I refuse to comment. Yeah, that, that's like dragon shit crazy. <laughs> she had you guys doing like charades or something, right? Well, that was fun. Oh, that her improv game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She. I noticed she didn't come back. Yeah, I, I was just going to say she's the only guest that has refused to come back. I I assume it's uh, due to hatred, but unless she's dead. I think it's due to uh, her laziness, which she passes off as uh, being too busy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling that she probably closed her laptop and can't figure out how to open it back up again. Well, that was the problem. She didn't even do a laptop. She did it off her Kindle. <laughs> oh, God. And it so, wasn't one of those Kindles that, you know, that has the, the iPod. Like, it was a Kindle Touch, that just the book kind of Kindle. So <laughs> I have no idea how she was able to connect. No, yeah. She, she's doing podcasts. Like, if she did it, if there was an Amish podcast, Mia would be perfect <laughs> for it. She's just talking to a book somewhere right now. Like the Kindle's Why broken. Picking up. <laughs> Unfortunately, her podcast talking to a book is better than most of our episodes. True. At least this one. So far. <laughs> but things versus the room. Yeah, it's about to get good. Things. So uh, I was looking at a list of the worst movies ever made, and I uh, came across these two. The Room I had heard of. I know it's kind of a, a you know cult hit, um, and they do like Rocky Horror type midnight showings. Uh, things I had never heard of, but it sounded intriguing, so I picked it. And uh, before we get into it, I'll tell people what it's about. Uh, th- this guy and his wife are trying to have a kid, but they can't, so uh, they go to a doctor who's, I guess, some kind of mad scientist dude, and he impregnates her with these ant monsters that have like the alien from aliens teeth and and they burst out of her and terrorize these people in this house uh and that's far more coherent than anything (laughs) in the actual movie that explanation 
But the, the lucky thing about the film is it's really hard to understand, but they have these these little breaks where there's a newscaster that's kind of explaining what's going on. It makes everything uh, crystal clear. Oh, my God. Oh. I lived for those moments. Amber Lynn, former oh porn God. star, I looked up. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, – to make sure she got the lines right, she was obviously reading them off a cue card to the – Teleprompter the, or something, yeah. To the left. Of the, I, do you think they could afford a teleprompter? No, you're right. Cue cards. <laughs> And their method of, of recreating a new studio was, was just, <laughs> it was unbelievably good. It was like somebody's garage with uh, some TV monitors or some TV sets with her her picture on the monitors. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, oh, my God, dude. That was amazing. That was the best part of the movie, her and doing the random newscast. <laughs> and some of it had something to do with the plot, but other things was just her doing a newscast. She she so I I looked at the poster before I started watching the movie and the poster is hilarious. Oh, I haven't so seen it. It's it's like one of the the dudes like so it's um to to set the stage it's Canadian so one, it's one of the dudes in like you know jean jacket and jeans holding a big drill which does make an appearance in the movie at some point I think and like then there's the logo things right and then she's Amber Lynn is on top of the logo in one of those like playboy like showing her ass on her hands and knees like sex kitten fuck me from behind um kind of positions so nothing to do with her role in the actual movie nothing to do with her role in the actual movie it looks like if you just looked at the logo you think oh this is gonna be a pretty hot like or pretty disgusting porno movie and um then it's the you know the fat guy holding the um the drill and not, like that never happens in the movie. She's never sexy. She stands in front of a television <laughs> in somebody's garage, and, and she does not words. interact with any other character. No. <laughs> but we'll have to we'll have to come back to her performance at the very end of the 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 cut that I saw. I think... Oh, and after the credits when she tells the story. Yes, <laughs> I love that. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole the whole operation. Her yeah, telling the story about being working a with like pickup. Frankenheimer, right? Yeah, yeah and the, oh. that that's the movie with Roy Scheider, the 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 Elmore Leonard fifty two pickup. I've never seen. No, that's not Elmore Leonard. Anyway, fifty two pickup. I've never seen it. It was hilarious. Though that alone was better than anything in the movie. Yes, <laughs> oh, for sure. I I mean, I would. Well, I I don't think uh, I haven't seen experimental evidence of this, but I would say if you're going to watch things and the room. Don't watch them back to back because you will have a stroke. <laughs> I feel pretty confident saying that. Now, I started watching things and I thought there was something. I thought I was having a stroke because I was like, "Oh, me too." Did I get a Did I get a bad copy? Because it sounds like their voices don't match up to their their lips. And what's going on? Well, the the whole thing was ADR. Well, I don't even know if you can call it ADR. I mean, they they dubbed the voices in later. Obviously, yeah, well, yeah. It's like they used a non. But like with a tape recorder from Radio Jack or something. <laughs> a non-sound. Well, this is what I understand. Why did it cost $35,000 to make this movie? It wasn't on the screen. <sighs> no. And, and they said they claimed $350,000 to be more popular at the time. But $35,000 seems way, way, way high. <laughs> even in even in 1989 dollars, it seems high. I wonder if maybe Amber Lynn took up $25,000 of I that. I bet she did. Well, they, they, I, you know, I looked it up because I was wondering the same thing. And they said that they had to borrow $2,500 to get her for one hour to stand in front of that TV and read those cue wow. cards. And that was like unheard of money for a porn star at that time to get that much for an hour's worth of work. So, of course, she did it. 
It was our first main, mainstream film. Well, first of many. Of course, she's a household name now. <laughs> you, but you'd never guess it from this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've seen the uh, adjective hallucinatory uh, applied to a lot of films, usually just because they have like some weird special effects and shit. But I thought this was truly hallucinatory because I like literally couldn't believe that what I was seeing was what I was seeing. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say it was hallucinatory in the fact that weird stuff was happening, and you can't believe it was being made. But not that the images they were creating. The images they were creating were just stupid. No, there was, it's it, more it, like it was, I must be imagining that someone thought this was a good idea to put it on film. Is how how I hallucinated. Yeah, no, same here. The sheer ineptitude. Okay. Of the venture was yeah made me question reality. Totally. When you look at something like that, you know, the movie that we first talked about when I first did your show um, so many months ago, um, Vegas in Space, I mean, it's a similar idea, you know, people getting together and making a movie. Low budget movie. Low budget, clearly. Using their and, friends, yeah. You know, those drag queens made an Oscar winner compared to, to Things, because Things is, like, I didn't, I couldn't even understand who the people were, or what they were doing, and I thought, I thought the same thing, like, I got a bad copy, like, why are the colors changing every five seconds? Oh, the, yes, the, oh my god, the colors change from, yeah, literally second to second. Right, like they'll talk, one guy is talking and the camera's on him and he's bright red and then it's blue you know, on the next guy. It's blue on the next guy sitting right next to him. Yeah, <laughs> I just remembered. Does 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 the film open with a dream sequence? I don't know what the fuck that was. It was some. Yeah. It was a doctor tearing apart a patient. But I no, I'm not talking about that. Where he's the he wants to have the woman's baby and she's wearing a mask. And oh, yeah, she's naked. yeah, she's wearing okay. a devil mask. Yeah, that was yeah. a dream yeah. sequence because that was the dude who owns the house. So. This guy, oh, it's it's about these. I I don't know. I'm I'm just guessing here, but I feel safe in saying it's about some severely mentally retarded people <laughs> who are Canadian. I thought it was about brotherly love. I think they're just Canadian. I think they're just, that's just all Canadian. It's the only thing that's wrong with them. <laughs> Although they did make paint. boot right. <laughs> he said a boot at some point. Yes. It was like they're in Canada. Yeah, they did take pains <laughs> to try to make it like it was happening in California. Although at one point he said, let's get to Sacramento. So they obviously didn't even know the cool spots in California yeah. to pretend they were in. Well, this was 89. and 89, Sacramento was hot, hot, hot. <laughs> that is true. The uh, Timex Social Club, I think, was from Sacramento. Um, well, how about that music by Strike Nine? <laughs> oh, I... F- I thought it was Strike Nine at first because S T R Y K Nine, sure. but then I figured it must be Strick Nine. Yeah, that they're oh. trying to go for, but yeah, that it didn't work. The, You're always better at puns than I am. The, the music, and we're both better than the filmmakers. The yeah, the music was terrible. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin with this because we said it when we were talking about that uh, Return of the Cat people, how it didn't make sense, but this movie literally. Makes right. no fucking sense. No, so, like you, you think that you've maybe fallen asleep and things have happened, and you or you looked away, and you know hours passed and the movie's still going, and it, it, but nothing, like things just disappear or people just disappear. <laughs> yeah, time distorts when you're. It, they do the the these two guys go to his brother's house, one of the guys' brother's house, and and it's the brother who has the wife who gives birth to the uh, alien ants. Um, that then overrun the house and they're trying to escape from. And at no point did anybody ever consider just leaving the house. <laughs> they weren't trapped in there 
in any way. Um, but yeah, the, and then one of the guys disappears. What it, What is the line? He says something like, maybe he went to the fourth or fifth dimension. Right. Or... <laughs> Or did he get sucked through that mouse hole? I, and yeah, and he guy, was looking as if he did. <laughs> and then the guy just inexplicably inexplicably appears later in the film again. <laughs> well, he came back through that mouse hole. <laughs> I read online that that guy, because um, I was I was trying to figure this movie out, so I had something to say, and that that like basically that guy they couldn't he couldn't be there for shooting for the few days that they had to keep going, so they just wrote him out. <laughs> That's improv. He just disappeared, and they wrote him out of the story. (laughs) By making him disappear into a mouse hole. (laughs) This movie is like if somehow somebody had never heard a story or seen a TV show or a movie, and you kind of explained what a story was to them and asked them to write one, that's what it seemed like to me. It's, if you ask me to like, if you ask me to describe what a you know a straight person's life is who lives who lives in the suburbs, like, please I, please don't put this on straight people. <laughs> I would describe that movie because <laughs> it, oh, it was everything about it, like the the house, everything in the house looked like shit. Everything looked like like the ugliest, oldest, like nastiest stuff in the whole house. Like you know, kitchen from the seventies and it's like the late eighties. The, the guys are dressed in, like, again, denim, and I can't remember what they were actually wearing, but there was mullets involved. Yeah. And, um, like, those horrible mustaches that, you know, country people have sometimes. And no offense to country people, of course. But um, everything about them was so completely, like, they think they're having – they're making a great movie, or they think that this is really funny because it's so stupid, and it's just not funny. It's just stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even think they were going for funny. I think they were going for scary, horrible. This is, we're like Evil Dead, and they <laughs> just missed the mark by a lot. Yeah, I I think they definitely. And then they had the whole plot point where why did the guy have a book in the refrigerator, and why was there a tape that that uh, the sat the uh, satanic tape from Evil Dead? Why was that even involved? Did that have anything to do with that? It? He also pulled out of the freezer. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It had nothing to do with anything. No, nothing. But they had did play to do it. With anything. They did play it and listen to it. I mean, I mean, the first half of the movie could have been called "Hanging Out in the Kitchen," right? Because <laughs> that's all they did, literally. Yeah, and yeah. they just talked about nonsense. And... <laughs> Why isn't there any bread in here? Or where's the bread? <laughs> just... No, li- yeah. If if you want to see a horror movie or an ostensible horror movie where people wipe the blood off themselves in real time. <laughs> this is the one for you because I swear to God he spent three minutes wipe just wiping blood off himself. Oh yeah, and then he took his shirt like the one guy took his shirt off. God. I'm like God, please put your shirt back on. Like that nobody was... wants to see that. And he kept it off for like 15 minutes, yeah. and he, you know, like that guy should not have his shirt off on TV. Nope, I was. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Please put your shirt back on, dude. Uh, like, there's no reason for you not to have a shirt on. You know, there's like, if th- somehow you've discovered that there's these monsters in the house because you're talking about them, but you haven't seen them. Like you, but, but suddenly they're there, and you, you don't seem that surprised. And like, it's just this bizarre, like, like big pieces missing from the story. And all this has happened, but you haven't put a shirt back on. And you wait until they attack <laughs> to put a shirt on. Well, and so yeah. The no. whole movie goes by with this one guy, everybody dying but this one guy, and he's blaming the doctor the whole time. And then for some reason, the doctor just shows up to see what's going on, and he just kind of laughs his way through the entire scene yeah. he's in. Well, this is what <laughs> I, I That can't be right. 
Yeah, I didn't do you it. You had to do this. You oh. did all these murders. It wasn't because of my experiments. But but here... The, but I'm not going to run away. The <laughs> acting was so bad in this. Well, everything was bad. I mean, it looked like it was filmed on 8mm stock that had been used for another film, and they somehow, like, refilmed it on used yeah. film. Just horrible. But this the acting was so bad that when when the guy puts the doctor in the room with the uh with the monsters so that he can prove to him that you know there there really are monsters in the house and that and the guy's getting killed i guess the doctor's getting killed he's like oh no there's monsters in here they're eating me i thought he was being sarcastic right. like making fun <laughs> of the dude but apparently he was actually being killed right <laughs> i'm going to get you <laughs> You just wait. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to get you. And then they open the door and like the monsters have eaten down to the skull. <laughs> the skull's still talking. <laughs> I'm still alive. Yeah. I, I, I will say in a weird way, uh, I thought this movie was funnier than a lot of mainstream like Will Ferrell comedies. I, I at one point I just started giggling and I couldn't stop laughing um, because it's so I don't even know. There's no words for it. You, you just have to see it. You, you really you you have shouldn't. To, you shouldn't. shouldn't. <laughs> no, I, the... I think you should. I think we're going to be in in opposition on these two movies. But to me, it, it was it was a experience akin to being on drugs or having something go severely mentally wrong <laughs> with me. For so you a short you think people should watch this movie? I think you have to experience it. Oh wow. I don't think anyone has to experience it. This was this was not the the for me this was not the so bad it's good sort of movie. It was just the bad sort of movie. You didn't it's find easy, it funny it's at all. It's easy to me. It's funny, but it's just not it's not it's not funny enough to be worth the time to watch. There was I mean there were scenes where they're just hanging out in the living room. And, yeah, they were ridiculously funny, but I wouldn't want to put someone through it. No, but yeah, and then people just start farting for no reason. Yeah. There's just like random farts going on, and I it can't have been scripted. No, well, because... I mean, no, the, that stuff was put in later, so that's it had true. to be scripted. It was in post, yeah. But because that's what straight people do in their homes all the time. See, you're, you're, <laughs> you can't you can't say all straight people. This is a particular type of straight person. You know, it's like the it's like the. Uh, I have no proof these guys are straight. They might be asexual. <laughs> Did you see what they were? Let's wearing? hope. <laughs> They're like the uh, baseball fans that go by the office during baseball season. Michael, oh. I, I don't think you can consider those representative of all straight people. Sure. A good portion, maybe, but. But the fat portion. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I don't. The the dialogue was. Well, how about the the, the Amber Lynn sends it back to the anchorman, and the anchorman was making out with someone. Are we still on film? That was kind of weird too. <laughs> yeah. Are we live? I think they said. Are we live? And that was one of the ones things too where it cut from her to the anchor man who was in a completely different studio and the sound level was really degraded when he was talking compared this, to when it, she it was it was a really well like her her uh set it was really well made up he was i think sitting in an easy chair as anchor man are wont to do in the <laughs> 80s there was a there was a scene well not even a scene a sequence that that really almost pushed my mind to the breaking point where they were looking for the bathroom. I don't know if you remember this. Like with their flashlights, the, the right. monster has had eaten through the power. 
<laughs> power line. So they had flashlight or the, you know, the fuse box, but which by the way, another, if you want to watch somebody change all the fuses in a fuse box <laughs> in real time, watch. are you going to talk about what he said to himself? Cause that was hilarious. Oh, I don't even remember. I just remember you can bring that up when I'm done. Um, they're Thanks. looking for the bathroom. Boss. <laughs> Toe the line, Pat. You're on thin ice already. Um, <laughs> they're looking for the bathroom. They find the bathroom with a with a monster on it. And then for some reason for the next ten minutes they're just bumbling around still <laughs> looking for the bathroom. I don't know I literally didn't know what was going on there. But it was such a waste of film and time. <laughs> well, they were looking for the flashlight, right? No, they found the flashlight. Yeah, and, and they're flashing it at the ceiling for some reason. It, right, well, they the in... monsters like to hang out. Right. <laughs> and they've, they've, they've just, they clearly established that there were no monsters in the bathroom. Absolutely. And then the guy went into the bathroom and closed the door. And then he realized he didn't have the flashlight. So he came back out and got flashlight from the other guy and went back in and then it was like real time going to the bathroom <laughs> and but didn't they like fight over the flashlight too? i don't know man it did a little bit i mean there was and there was a monster laying on the flashlight at one point remember because yes. it was on the stove on the stove yeah and they killed it with something else and it was laying on the flashlight and um if the monsters had that's where I noticed that the monsters had crab legs, like real crab legs. Like they were just like this foam rubber something, and the legs were like insect type legs, but they were just like king crab legs that have been painted. Well, I guess we know where the rest of that uh, $35,000 went. <laughs> All you can eat. What were you going to say about this scene, Pat? What was his line? Oh, he was he was working on the fuse box by himself, and he says, oh, I better be careful. I'm not very good with electricity. <laughs> it was just so necessary to have that in the script. <laughs> all the all the exposition was unnecessary in this. Although there were lines like, oh, I hammered your head in. Are you all right? <laughs> wait, wait oh, oh, my God. Sorry. I This film is just... It's in like a worm in my brain. There was a line where they go to some door and there's like some art on it. And the guy says, yeah, our, uh, niece, right. our niece made those before we tortured and ate her. Right. What the fuck? Like, the, was he joking or was the guy? I, I don't know, dude. You see, I think that they were trying to suggest that the couple who lived there, and this is what the the gestalt, the so, so to speak, of the story was. Nothing was ever spelled out. But I think they were trying to suggest that the couple who lived there were so desperate for kids that they were trying everything, like science, Satanism, oh, like wow. torture, like anything to have a kid. And why they wanted a kid, I'm not sure. Maybe they wanted a kid so they could torture and beat them or whatever. Yeah, they would have been terrible parents. Terrible parents, clearly. <laughs> and hey, then, that mother gave her life for those those things. Those aliens. That's the other place they spent John. their money. Because that, that woman, when she gave birth, like it was like like uh, cow intestines or whatever all over her. Like There was a lot of gore in that scene. Yes, there was. Wasn't there then, also a piece of art that the guy looked at and said, Salvador Dali's? Blah, yes, blah, 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 blah. yes. Yeah, it was the missing Salvador Dali. <laughs> and it was like a poster. <laughs> How'd they get this? <laughs> yeah, it, it was in just this douchebag's house. Obviously white trash. Uh, it, it, oh, my God. Yeah. I At one point, when he was 
hurt. I don't even know the dude's names, and it doesn't matter. One of the dudes was hurt, and the guy who owned the house, and he said, can you go get my morphine? It's in the toolbox in the basement. <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> well, where do you keep your morphine? Well, that's the kind of shit that got me giggling, man. <laughs> You know, I think that movie is best. I think that's why people like it because it's funny to watch with other people. I yeah, would think. I agree. If you're, it's much funnier to hear you guys talk about it. But like when I watched it, I really felt bad that I wasn't getting it, and then it was like bizarre, and then there was something wrong with me. <laughs> and I, think, the, I I agree with that. If you're watch, if you want to watch it with other people, I think it's worth it. But if you're just sit down to watch a movie, don't pick this one out. But with other people, where you can kind of mystery science theater, it yes, it's perfect or, for that. Or get super loaded and watch it because it will make just as much sense as it does when you're sober. Maybe more. Yeah, but if you're super loaded, you should be making prank calls to government offices. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, you know, you can do, you can probably multitask during this film ah, and, and do true. that. The, you're not going to miss much. Uh, another thing I, I wrote down was that the dude, what, beat his brother up somehow. I don't remember. And His brother was hurt. And he was like, oh, my God, are you all right? And then every time he had to help lift him, he would just start complaining about how heavy the dude was. <laughs> he hit him with a hammer. Yeah, he... Yeah, they went, they went when they went down for the like the oh, eons long right. fuse changing. The the creature attacked one of the creatures attacked them or a couple of them attacked, and the like he accident he went to hit with the hammer right. he went to hit the thing and he missed it. his brother in the head or his friend I, I'm not sure which it was and there it was, was his brother it was his he, brother he fell and and one was Doug because they're Canadian that's the other that's the other like joke that one of them was named Doug and um. He fell, and he was like, oh, there's so much blood, so much blood. Are you okay? And he hit him with a hammer hard. <laughs> and then he was dragging him, complaining about how heavy he was. And is that the guy that disappeared for no, no reason? No, that was his friend oh, that disappeared, oh, gotcha, and this gotcha. was his brother. Yeah, but, yeah, there, there was so much blood. Uh, the blood was just dripping like maple syrup. <laughs> and it was different colors. Like sometimes it was red and sometimes it was blue. And the bugs seemed to have blue blood mostly, but the blood on their faces would change color and it wasn't the lighting. It was like he would wash off red blood sometimes and it was blue later on in a different shot. Well, it's mood blood. That's common. Oh, well, I yeah, should have known that. I feel stupid now. They're artistes, Michael. <laughs> you should know that color always uh, is symbolic in film. Oh my God. If this sounds um, like it, like we're just rambling, it still makes more sense than this movie. If this movie appeals to you, I, I, I urge you to call a local mental health professional. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. It's it's kind of it's indescribable. And I'm not even sure if it's like available commercially. It probably is on DVD or something. Cause, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, because it's. I mean, it's kind of a cult. So they just sell it to those people. I think yeah. it's it came out like 2009. They did like a, a what a 20th anniversary. I was reading on Amazon because again I was trying to figure out what the fuck was. Oh, about. 2011. It was released on DVD. It says on Wikipedia. Oh, there you go. There you go. So yeah, they've had a release at least. There's extras such as commentary by the director and the stars, <laughs> but not not uh, Amber Lynn. Oh. Unused footage. Gillis messing with vocal effects, outtakes, <laughs> and behind-the-scenes footage. I, I bet the behind-the-scenes footage is that story Amber Lynn told. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> this is awesome. I bet you that they've cut out some some stuff that would have totally helped the movie make sense. Do you, you know, like, because I don't think they 
had any clear idea of how to make it make sense. <laughs> but you know how, like, when uh, just to use an, a, a much better analog of, of Donnie Darko, have you, I'm sure you've seen Donnie Darko, right? Yep. So I know mm-hmm. some people hate it. I actually enjoy it. But, I like, like it. when you see Donnie Darko in the original version and then you see, like, the director's cut that they released, right. there's just a few little things in the director's cut that help the movie make a lot more sense. And at least it did for me, because it talks more specifically about time travel, which was totally going over my head the, oh, okay. you know, in the original version. And like in this movie, I have a feeling that they cut out something critical that – at least one thing, and it wouldn't have saved the whole movie for sure. But I bet you anything, they cut out some things that would have just explained <laughs> like why they were at that house and why they didn't leave and why they couldn't have just, you know – gotten in the car or, or you know why they decided to stay who they were trying to protect by saying like everybody was dead and they were still fighting I, no well, I did see the director's cut and it's basically just broadcast news with Amber Lynn in the Hollywood <laughs> character there's no I, things at all I don't know why they call it things I I can almost guarantee you without having seen it that the, the cut scenes are just them like sitting around talking about cheese and shit uh, I bet it adds nothing to the to the story <laughs> Uh, well, I, uh, I, I have nothing else to say. Are you guys? If I never have to talk about that movie again, I'll be happy. It was fun to watch. I'm, I'm glad to talk about it with you guys now. I'm glad I saw it. But it's not one of those cult movies that I ever want to see again. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I the whole time I was watching it, I was just thinking about how we would talk about it. So I was just uh, in between laughing fits. What's your name for forcing me to watch it? But I do that with whatever we do each week, so that's no different. <laughs> so it it truly is. I mean, one of it's got to be maybe the worst movie ever made. It, you can't really argue with it if anybody says that to you. It uh it actually makes our next movie, The Room, look like Citizen Kane. I thought. Oh my god! I completely agree. But uh, we'll we're gonna go to Michael's favorite. I think they're segment. bad in different ways. But it, we'll talk about that. After yeah, the, w- the Michael's break. Michael's been waiting for this segment the whole episode. So let's let's go to break, everybody. <laughs> from rebel without a cause <laughs> and he managed to make it sound even more histrionic than james <laughs> dean we're talking about the room which is our next movie now um so this one's from 2003 uh I, fuck it go to it guys i don't even know well let's just to give a brief synopsis for this one because this one makes sense but in, a, in what happens in between is is completely completely like unbelievable or the the dialogue and the acting and right there so, is a plot 
There is a plot, and th- these people actually make things look like like I mean, th- compared to things, the room does look like an Oscar winner. I mean, it's beautifully like at least it's in focus. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yes. And so the way that I interpret it, it takes place in San Francisco. Um, oh, it's, where'd you get that idea, Mike? No. <laughs> well, the the opening credits are about ten minutes long, and it's um, a single credit, and then a long shot establishing the city of San Francisco, and then another single credit, and then another long <laughs> San Francisco shot of another landmark or whatever bullshit. And then between every single scene, there's a long view yeah. of San Francisco. <laughs> Sometimes within the same scene. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> And then so so the I'm trying to think it starts with him going home right the main character Johnny goes to his home where he gives a a gift to his girlfriend whose name I've already forgotten Lisa, Lisa. I wrote Lisa. it down Lisa <laughs> Lisa you're so having so much fun <laughs> he did laugh a lot didn't he <laughs> he he enters every scene like that. He <laughs> laughed. We're in having a good time marks. today. <laughs> he laughed so, so badly. Every scene where he's coming in as if he's having a conversation with somebody, he's doing that. He's like, ah, you are so funny. <laughs> ah, oh, <No>. hi. <laughs> Lisa, you are so beautiful. <laughs> it's crazy at the beginning. Everybody you I know has betrayed be me. <laughs> So the the long story short is that she is he's in love with her. They've got all these weird friends and family that come to visit. She's she's really like two faced and she doesn't want to be with him. And um, she's cheating on him with their friend, his best friend. Oh my god! And then um, at the end, um, I don't want, I don't know if you guys want to give it away, but at the end, um, it resolves itself in a um, spectacular fashion. I think there's no reason not to give it away. No, you I should not see this movie either. Really, <laughs> except with other people or drunk, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, I've heard of this movie for years because, like Tim and Eric, I I love Tim and Eric. I know that it's kind of stupid, like late night bullshit, but those guys are doing what this guy does at the same time, but they're deliberately trying to be funny, <laughs> and they've actually had him on their show. <laughs> like direct guest directing or being in their skits or whatever, because they were so enamored with how bad he really is. And they aim to be as bad as he is. So it's awesome that Tommy Wiseau or, or whoever the director, writer, producer, star um, star. Um, that guy is just, he's such a weird paralyzed face mess. His eyes never open. Yeah. I didn't know if he had a bunch of Botox or what, um, I, I was shocked when I read him, about him on IMDb that he had taken all these different acting courses. Because... I don't think that could possibly be true. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think he... I mean maybe a few classes because a few write-ups say he was in acting courses with a guy who played Mark, but he he, he claims he's in actor studio, and I assume that's hard to get into. Well, he probably got kicked out after like ten minutes, and that's why he kept going from school. Oh, to he's, school. he's been that's... in the building. Yeah, that's all I can think because he is terrible. <laughs> He seems unreliable. When you dig into his life, it's number one. He's like in his fifties in this movie. Yeah, and his girlfriend's twenty, right? <laughs> and yet his best everybody he knows is in their early twenties, and he's clearly fifty because his hair is like jet black, like it's dyed. 
um, his face is, I mean, he looks like he's in great shape, but he's clearly got an old man's, older man's skin and, and body. Yeah. And and, all that. and he, his eyes are always closed when he's talking. And he's, he's, if you look into his past, like he's kind of, people are unclear about where he's from or who he really is or what his name is. And he's sort of uh, this character who changes who he says he is based on who he's talking to or what they think he is. Well, I couldn't even figure out his accent from his name. I assume French, but he just did kind of a generic Euro trash accent that I couldn't place. Yeah. It's he's the, um, if you read um, the, biography i read of him said that he did spend some time in paris like he says he came from paris but somebody found out that he's only been he was only there a year and that he grew up in like i don't know i want to say like czechoslovakia someplace like that (laughs) terrible with geography but somewhere in the eastern block of europe and like that's i mean his his name is like more polish than french he changed it which so is not his real name okay um but he's he's sort of a mystery is is the essential um, story. He lives here now, or, or what have you, but he f- clearly thinks he's filming a great drama with this movie. And when people, I've read that when people laugh, he realized that people were laughing at it and treating it like a black comedy. That he said he was trying to make a black comedy. Yeah, I'd read that too. Yeah, nobody, just, nobody who awesome. sees this will buy that. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's amazing. Every single actor is so bad and every line is so unnatural and so every scenario is so contrived and even the title like what room are they talking about i don't know (laughs) there's no room in the movie it's it's an apartment and much like things there's an actor who appears early and then just disappears never never to return or psychologist yeah psychologist pete the psychologist is there and then at the party they use another character to play pete's role but i mean he's not playing the same role no it's his name's steve or something (laughs) right yeah pete's not at the party well and the the main dude looks like if you've ever seen taxi driver he looks like harvey keitel's character in taxi driver like at 50 (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you know the the have you guys? Do you guys ever watch the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they film uh, their own movie version of Lethal Weapon? Yes. Yes, I've seen and it. Danny DeVito insists on having this long, disgusting sex scene. <laughs> the sex scene in the room is pretty much the same as from that episode of It's Always Sunny. Wait, which sex scene? Because like almost immediately it goes right into fuckfest mode. Right. Right. His the the sex scenes with Tommy Wiseau. Oh, um, which did. The first one where you see his, his butt going up and down, and it's really graphic and really gross. And you can see why she wants to break it off with him, because he obviously doesn't know how to have sex. Because from what I could tell from the angle, he's fucking her belly button. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. But it's the most unrealistic. Oh, my God. I felt so bad for the actress going topless for this piece of shit. Oh, my God. I don't feel bad for that dumb bitch. Like, number one, she is not the great beauty that they were making her out to be. I mean, no disrespect to anyone in particular, but she should not be playing the hot one that everybody's in love with because her friend was way hotter. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. Yes. And, like, everybody was, like, you know, just even the the really hot um, Tommy's or, sorry, Johnny's best friend, whose name I can't remember, Mark. 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 Mark Mark is really like a, a nice looking specimen. Yeah. And yeah. They're both buff, much better looking. If it was about them, they were the main characters, those two, but they probably had the good sense not to. Well, originally right. Mark was a line producer and on the day of filming, he was convinced to, to play Mark. 
And originally, the woman who played Lisa was playing Michelle, and the original Lisa left, so she was pushed oh. into the roles. And the original Lisa was actually um, Tommy's age. Oh, that would have been so much more disturbing. And I do feel bad for her for having a nude scene in this movie. Yeah, no, I do too. <laughs> she had so many nude scenes. She took off her top so many times. But, yeah. Did she, or are they just filming the same scene? Well, they over... filmed the same she... scene for two sex scenes. I know that because yeah. I saw him fucking her belly button from the exact Twice. same angle. Right. Yeah. She had a sex scene with Mark, right? Right. Yeah, I didn't but know she... if she had her top off for the, the sex scene with Mark. She had her bra on for that, I think. Oh, I. you know what? When I see boobs, it just, it just becomes a blur. I'm just so not into it. it could, she could have been topped off the whole time, top off, and I would have noticed. I would uh, not have noticed. I'm usually into it, but not in this movie. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't sexy at all. It was just horrifying. And they had the and horrible Cinemax music oh, during the sex scenes. It was awesome. It was like a 90, like it suddenly became a 90s R&B video whenever <laughs> they got together and started having sex. And it was like so long. It would take, it was like a two minute break. And so <laughs> apparently usually when they have sex scenes in films, it's a closed set. But he insisted that it be an open set and everybody be allowed in. And then <laughs> the first thing they did when filming the movie was this scene. He jumped right into the sex scene. And after that, she refused to do it again, at least with him. And that's why they had to re- reuse the, this, the footage from the first sex scene to have his second sex scene. Uh, yeah, you don't – I mean – And Mark, the guy who played Mark, Mark was very uncomfortable and he refused to take his jeans off. I did read that. That's awesome. Good for you, And he Mark. just wrote a book apparently – yeah, yeah, about his about his experience on the movie. And we have good timing because I think it was just yesterday that um, they announced that James Franco is going to be directing a a movie about this movie. Yes, I saw that. I would I think it would be fun to remake this movie but with people who could actually act. Well, anybody could probably do a better job than these people. But no, I mean, remake what? It's such a stupid story. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't think it's even... I don't really honestly think it's even the actors. I think the actors were terrible, obviously. But, but the lines they're working with were also terrible, and the story they were working with was also terrible. Yeah, there's nothing... By the way, guys, I have breast cancer. Okay. <laughs> right, the doctor says it's certain. I have breast cancer. And Lisa's answer to that, as well as every other conundrum presented to her, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. It'll don't be worry right. about it. <laughs> That's a good attitude to have. And Lisa was right because the breast cancer was never brought up again. So obviously <laughs> she was cured. And you guys, if you're going to get beat up by a, a bookie or a drug dealer, don't worry about it. Nah, don't worry. It'll be cool. <laughs> Storylines that you think are going to be plot points come in and just never are mentioned again. Yeah. This, this, uh, stupid kid, uh, Denny, was that yeah. his name? Donnie. Was Denny. I think it was Denny. Yeah. He the was, way they said it. who, who, uh, Harvey Keitel, whatever his name is, Johnny, uh, raised for some reason and is putting through school. Denny like lives in the same building with him and, and Johnny's paying for it. Cause Johnny's a rich banker, something. A banker, yes. A banker um, who dresses in like gigantic suits that are like way too big for him. <laughs> but with you, that hair, you have to give it to him, even though he doesn't know how to fuck. He does do it romantically because he showers the bed with rose petals. <laughs> the most gigantic roses I have ever seen. <laughs> it looks and, so fake. Anyway, this dumb kid, uh, Denny, yeah. who for some reason always wants to play football, catch football. 
and they play catch football from like two feet away from each other. In tuxedos. Why in tuxedos are they wearing tuxedos? One, I, I, I was going to ask you guys. So that scene, every all the dudes are in tuxedos. I assumed it was because Johnny and Lisa, Lisa were getting married. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. But it they wasn't. Were, no. They were just in tuxedos for something. Something. They never explained why they were in tuxedos. But you should have. You were assuming. I think it led you to believe that they were going to get married in that scene, right. and no, there was no reason for them that's to be. That's not tuxedos. true. It was pretty clear that Pete won the Nobel Prize, and that's why he had to leave San Francisco. Oh, oh they're going to the Nobel Prize ceremony in San Francisco. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> where it always is. Let's play football, guys. <laughs> that that was about the extent of Denny's character. Although and then he, there's an, you know, another football scene where Mark shoves the football into another guy's stomach and he falls down as if he's been shot. And then that's the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah. Are you all right? Do you need a doctor from a football? No. <laughs> but Denny, like earlier in the movie, when you first meet Denny, like he's, so Tommy, okay. So just to set the scene, Tommy comes home with a gift for Lisa or Johnny, sorry, Johnny, his name is Johnny in the movie. He Doesn't comes home matter. with a gift for Lisa and it's like in a like cheap white gift box from a department store. And she opens the box and it's like a dress, a red, it's kind of a sleazy red dress that fits her perfectly, which boys does not happen. Like men cannot shop for a dress for a woman that fits her perfectly when she puts it on. So uh, number one, big problem. No, but number two, they, they, they go past, um, they go up to the bedroom to, to fuck or whatever. And the kid wants to be there. The kid is like, oh, can I stay with you guys? Oh, you want to be alone? And Denny's like, oh, but I love to hang out with you guys. And she's like, uh, Tommy and I need to be, or Johnny, and I need to be alone right now. And you get this feeling that that kid wants to, like, drill a hole in the wall and watch them go at it. Well, he walks up there when they're in bed. Right. <laughs> Stands by he, the bed. He, he jumps into the bed for the pillow fight. Yeah. <laughs> and they participate as if that's a fun thing. Yeah. And then they say, oh, wait, three's a crowd. Get out of here. <laughs> do you so hear do that you music, think... Denny? Time for you which, to go. It's the, which do you it's think is stronger? Guitar. Tommy's love of his own acting or his hatred of women? Johnny? Tommy. I mean, the writer of the, writer of the oh. film. <laughs> Tommy was so's l- l- hatred of his women or his l- love of his own acting. There was so much <laughs> hatred of women in this movie. <laughs> there I were mean, no likable women in this movie. <laughs> they were constantly Michelle talking. Michelle was kind of, kind of likable, but that's Lisa true. Just like this, like he, he took all his venom from his entire life. And this is what women are like. <laughs> and, yeah and they're temptresses that ruin everything and they steal all your money and their mothers tell them that's the way you need to be you do get the impression that that's what he's trying to say that's the message he leaves you with for sure oh, yeah i don't think it was in any way subtle this dude has issues with women that's what i took away from the room overall and the fact you're right pat he was i mean he was basically Mary suing himself in this movie. I mean, he. Oh, everything about his character was everything. Look how he takes care of Denny. And I had to uh, force him to get drunk and then pretend he hit me. Wait, Mary suing? What is Mary suing? Oh, it's like, it's a term like when writers like write themselves as an idealized. uh, Perfect. Yeah, perfect. It's, it's especially used for like writers, like the writer who did Twilight. You know, right? The character is basically an idealized version of herself. Oh, I see. I see. I yeah. gotcha. That's what he—he he definitely Mary Sue's himself. Yeah, girl, yeah. you are a Mary Sue. 
Yeah. Wow, <laughs> dude. This this movie. So um, I'm guessing that he's somehow, or at least he wants to put the idea out there that he's somehow uh, like underworld related. The the not Johnny Tommy, because there's there's he doesn't give a straight answer how he got got the money for the film, but he spent a lot of money, and the only answer he gives is he he sold leather jackets in Korea. But he won't say anything other than that. Yeah, he seems like he's probably a real dirtbag. Like oh, the, he is. Like he's probably a total dirtbag in real life, and I'm sure he was really passionate about making a movie. But he probably got his money some like shady way to make this thing, and he's he's every bit as like fascinating for that reason. In, in a way that I could watch this movie like a hundred times. And laugh at it every single time. Whereas I don't think I would want to watch things again. But See, I could watch this because of him. I oh, I, I couldn't watch this one again either. But no. it, I can laugh at it. I can't watch... I, these two movies are, until John picks other bad movies, are the worst movies we've ever done for this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by and, far. I mean, by, uh, by about three billion light years. These are terrible movies. See, but you know what I want to say about The Room? What? It's a film that has the passion of, of Tennessee Williams. <laughs> it does have the passion of As Tennessee he is Williams. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it has none of the talent. <laughs> that was the tagline that I guess Tommy wrote. Oh my God! You've got to be kidding me! Now, if you, if I think it's on the box, <sighs> but it, it's that's how they. Just, oh, if you go to IMDb, that's the tagline. It's underneath. I the the di- yeah the dialogue is painfully bad. Um, I liked the attempts at sexy dialogue that was just terrible. First of all, nobody says make love to me. Oh, no. Ever oh, in this I day got, and age. I got to uh, uh, delete an email. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, Pat. You, you do need to take <laughs> care of that. This is the 21st century. <laughs> Should we take another break? <laughs> I like the... Uh, I, I wrote down this uh, when Lisa's talking to... What's his name? Mark on the phone. These... I'm probably reading this better than she did, too. I keep thinking about your strong hands around my body. It excites me so much. <laughs> I like Mark's shifting of, sh- shifting of personality through the movie. Oh, he's my best friend. Let's have sex. Oh, I feel so bad. It's my best friend. And then, and then he's on the phone with her. He's like, I don't like him anymore. And then they find the... Well, sorry, spoiler alert. They find his body, Johnny's, Johnny's. body. And, and Mark says... You bitch, get away from me! <laughs> well, everybody, everybody is acting manic depressive in this. Like, even Lisa is like telling her mom how much she hates him. But then Johnny shows up, and she's like happy to see him, supposedly. And then she, she lies about him hitting her to no purpose that I could tell. And I don't know who he's arguing with when he's up on the roof. I didn't hit her. And then, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> It wasn't just I didn't hit her. It was a whole little monologue. I didn't hit her. I don't know why anybody would believe that. Why is she saying that? I'd never hit her. I wouldn't hit her. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) 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 We have to talk about the rooftop scenes because they obviously filmed some of it in San Francisco. They showed Johnny walking uh, over by the Embarcadero. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah. But then on the rooftop, it's green screen. Everything was filmed in L.A. That was, mm-hmm. as far as the the write up I read, that was as far as scenes go, like people talking. I didn't know, but there was a second unit that was set up just for. Like, yeah, there the, was there was the like Golden bridge and the, the Palace of Fine Arts. And well, stuff. one of the many establishing shots was him. Uh, actually, included him, and he was walking by the Embarcadero. 
Okay. Yeah, and when they the the one of the things that makes no sense is that when they're talking about where they live, and they they're setting up these roof shots, is that they're showing him going into an apartment that is clearly in the marina. That he pulls his car into a garage that is clearly the yep. marina. You can just tell that that building is in the marina, and then they so, later they'll show it from Alamo Square as if they're in the other another part of the city that's just prettier, you know, to the painted ladies, whatever. And when they're on the rooftop. I don't know where the fuck they're I don't. Talking I at. was trying to think of that too. I don't either because you got Coit Tower, and the and the Bay Bridge, I guess, in the background. These are the kind of complaints you can make about any movie. I'm not going to blame the room for that. They always well, mess up geography. Like Rocky, except, in, in Rocky, Rocky ran about seven million miles. On that roof, they are seeing a panoramic view that includes every feature of San Francisco, <laughs> like in the same shot. Like there's no way you could have a view that shows you the Golden Gate Bridge and the Bay Bridge and everything else. And Coit Tower and the Transamerica <laughs> building. Yeah. And the, the clouds on one side and the sun on the other. That doesn't He's happen. a banker. He can afford that. <laughs> well, that's true. One side of the roof has the moon, the other side has the sun, so he can always do whatever he wants. It must be the biggest roof of all time. Wait, there was one thing that cracked me up that nobody's mentioned yet. Um, It was not quite as good as Arrested Development, but his chicken impression, which he busted (laughs) out. And he wasn't the only one with a chicken impression. No. it was like cheap, cheap, cheap or something, right? Yeah, it was... it's more of a parakeet impression, really. <laughs> That's what chickens are like in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> they can't, yeah, they're too poor to go with the whole bagok. <laughs> One syllable's all you get. A doodle-doodle-doo. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. I have to say that... Um, just to, to, this is one of those movies that I I started making notes of things that made me laugh or, or that I just loved, and I was hooked by this movie in like the first minute because it was so bad, and like when you start to see stuff that's like, you start to see the wires so to speak when you see like oh, that they got that that set dressing or whatever is from IKEA and everybody <laughs> used to have that like in the in the in the in the apartment. The paintings on the wall are all from Ikea, and everybody had them in the 90s, and everybody had the same ones. And he just had the most obvious things on the set that, like, everybody would have. And when she she does this beautiful, amazing scene where she's ordering a pizza on the phone, and she's ordering a complicated pizza. She's like, yes, um, Canadian bacon and pineapple on half. And pesto artich- and-, <laughs> and artichokes on the other half, and light on the cheese. Like nobody orders that pizza. <laughs> but then she ordered this complicated pizza. He comes in, she pours him a drink, and he's like, "You know, I don't drink." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, just trust me. You'll like this drink. Would you like a pizza?" And he's like, uh, "I ordered one." <laughs> and the pizza's there. The pizza's there in the next shot, and they're eating it. And there's no time in between. <laughs> it never came. It's just there on the table, and they're drinking. And that's when she gets him drunk and um, tells everybody that he got drunk and beat her. Right. And I still don't know why she had to make that up, but right. <laughs> I she did say, "If you love me, you'll drink this." Um, right. <laughs> Yeah, this guy really has problems with women, man. It's or when, when um during that same scene when Denny comes to the door, um she answers the door and she's like, "I'm busy. Can I get you a drink?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
make up your mind. I'm still trying to figure out what Denny was doing with those drugs. You wouldn't understand. (laughs) And that mother was really ripping into him. (laughs) The mother was hilarious. The mother who had just met Denny. Yes. (laughs) Was telling him how he's how he's ruining his life. The the mother with bring this kind of people into our house. Tommy has financial security, or Johnny has financial security. You need to stay with a man like that. By the way, I definitely have breast cancer. (laughs) It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Why does Michelle have to bring her boyfriend to their To their apartment to make out? I don't know. I don't know. They did more than make out. That was weird. That was so weird. Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, I don't know why a lot of these things happen. I don't know what the whole storyline with Denny, played by Chris Kattan, we should mention. Oh, <laughs> and uh, Lisa was played by Bonnie Hunt's daughter. Really? She also mentioned. No, we're fucking around. No. <laughs> what were we going to say, Pat? Mike told the story about uh, having to get his underwear to Johnny or Tommy or whatever oh, yeah. his name is for some reason. That was a weird little scene. <laughs> yeah. Like he reached for a book and like suddenly the mother was holding a pair of boxer shorts and he was telling and he was telling somebody that story later and it was the most boring story. Yes, about the no, most he non-event. Telling, he was telling Johnny and Johnny said, "Ha ha 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 ha." Well, yeah. And then and then Mark came up and wanted him to retell it and you're like, "Just fucking move on." <laughs> Jesus. And even even in the movie, the the guy told that story and it just fell flat. And nobody left for real. And then, like, the guy seemed embarrassed. <laughs> the story was bad and just went nowhere. And they still were like, tell Mark the story. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> the, I'm, this is a Laura Bagnato movie, like, through and through. Like, oh, yeah, I, know I that can see it. Laura would love this movie. I'm sure she knows it by heart. But she would totally adore all the, like, the failure. Like, the attempts at good stuff that just totally fall flat. I don't even think they attempted anything good. Oh, I think he I think he sincerely thought this was like high drama. Oh, yeah. I understand that he thought it was good, but I don't think ever was it ever good. There's no, 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 no. no failure except no. in his initial creation. Right. Yeah, there was no point at which it was going to transcend what it was. That's what that's what makes it so fantastically fun to watch is that they think he thinks that he's making a great movie. Clearly. No, I, I think he is the only one. I think everyone else involved with any part of this knew what they were getting into. You can see them becoming slowly more ashamed. Yeah. As the, and as the there was one on. story where uh, the the woman who plays Lisa said, when he said, he's stuck in the bathroom and she, she says, when are you coming out? And he <laughs> says, uh, shut up, bitch, or something like that. In a few like minutes, that. bitch, I wrote yeah, it down. Yeah, a few minutes. But he, he, she said the entire cast, not the entire, the entire crew cracked up and he came out of the room and asked him what was so funny. <laughs> Everything you do, dude. Well, see, I wish that I had watched this before things because I feel like things was sunk to such depths that this couldn't really (laughs) compete. And so this to me was like it was bad, but it was also kind of tedious. I know this is bad in such a different way. This is bad with a lot of money. So it makes it a little bit worse, at least with things they have an excuse. They're just idiots with a camera. With right. no money, and they put this money, they put this movie together, and happened to hit it big somehow because it was so stupid. So I, I kind of respect that. There's the only reason this 
ever got any 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 scene it was because he had so much money and then people started making fun of it so i i think this is worse because of that okay i i wouldn't i would never watch this again i don't think. i would never well, watch either are you gonna watch things again i might I, well you know you would you know, masturbate while you watch it <laughs> I, I mean i might when i when I go into my uh, shamanic fucking <laughs> psychosis, uh, I don't know. I would watch both of these again uh, with a group of people, definitely. I would watch both of them with a group of people, but I probably will never watch either of these movies again. Yeah. I, I oh, one, I, I sorry. Tommy... I wanted to say, I don't know if you guys notice. I'll let you. Sorry, Michael. Um, no, go right ahead. But I, it's in my notes that when Mark is getting a blowjob, he makes the worst BJ face in the history of anything. Wait, when when Mike is Mark, uh, yeah, Mark or Mike? Mark, because Mike Mike made a really bad one too when Wait, he was. Which in, one's Mike? Mike is the the guy who was there with the chocolate with Michelle where they were then they're taking that's, the apartment. Yes, over. that's who I meant. Sorry. Okay, yes. yeah, that was that was not a BJ face. I don't <laughs> I don't know what kind of face that was. It's, it was one of those instant, like, like, like she never had time to take his clothes off, and suddenly he was making like complete orgasm face. Yeah, like she was not even down to where she should be, and he was completely <laughs> orgasm. Well, well apparently, I think this movie might be set in a, a different uh, reality where people's body parts are in separate places. Like, uh, you do have sex with a belly button and uh, penises mm. higher up. Yeah, that could be that. That that actually makes sense. It might be the fourth, fifth, or sixth dimension. That's just a mouse hole. <laughs> the fourth dimension, by the way, time. <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, sorry, Michael, I cut you off. What were you? What, what, what was your point about this humongous piece of shit? <laughs> well, I think that if you, I think you would enjoy it more if you came into it expecting. Like, do you guys like or have you seen any Tim and Eric stuff? I have not. So Tim and Eric, if you watch it. Like they are masters of using like non-actors to do stuff like this, and they are I, personally I find them hilarious because they they use non-actors and they get exactly the same um, level of uh, emotional non-response that you get from these people. Like honestly, this whole movie reads like a giant Tim and Eric like um, sitcom prank or something. <laughs> And I think that's why they feel so connected to this guy. Like they're two of the people who like kind of like Adult Swim kind of pushed Tommy Wiseau into the um, into the consciousness of a lot of people who watch that stuff, because they they it's so, if you you'd be shocked at how similar what they do is to this movie on their Tim and Eric awesome show. Great job, blah blah oh, blah. I don't know if I have the stomach for it. It's they're much better with it because they're deliberately being funny, right, right? And it's right to the point, and it's like the show itself is eleven minutes long, so it's it's much more bearable. Oh, than this I wish was. this had been. <laughs> this could have been. It easily could have been. It. You meandered. take out those sex scenes, it's like a five-minute movie. But this is one of those movies that you have like all those amazing like quotes that will come from it that you can work into your daily life. You know, like the the. Um, well, I, I've been using. I need you to make love to me ever since I've seen it. <laughs> Like I successfully, he said at one point, he said to her, um, uh, he, uh, Mark said, I've got to go see Michelle to make out with her. <laughs> and then at another point, there was a fight on the rooftop where that drug dealer was after Denny and they beat him. <laughs> and, um, Johnny says, let's take him to jail. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> it, bankers do have the ability to just jail people. <laughs> and the way they deliver their lines is so deadpan hilarious that you oh. just want to use it in your real life. Like Tommy, when Tommy gets mad or Johnny gets mad, he says the dumbest things. Like at some point he says, leave your stupid comments in your pocket. <laughs> yes. I wrote <laughs> that one down. <laughs> and then Lisa, he gets mad and um, he, um, Lisa, he calls Lisa a bitch or something. And she's like, who are you calling a bitch? And he answers, you and your stupid mother. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I wrote that down, so too. It's like, bitch is plural. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then at the very end, Lisa calls, or Mark calls Lisa, or Lisa calls Mark. And um, Lisa, like, is talking to him. And she's like, sure, baby, come on up. I want your body. <laughs> Which, uh, and that's we, when we should mention Johnny uh, recorded. Yes, I was going to say he's been rec- he's been ha- set the tape recorder up halfway through the movie, and finally he gets to like, bring the tape out. Payoff when they and, already told him they were together. Yeah, there's no reason to use the tape. There was no reason to use the tape. There was no reason for us to hear her conversation with them, and then have to hear the conversation again for Johnny's benefit when he's playing the tape. Yeah, and so made, like. There- Go ahead, sorry. Sorry, there's just a random tape recorder. It was just like the old-fashioned tape recorder. Like, no fancy equipment. It was just like, you see him putting a cassette in a recorder and hiding it under the phone and plugging some cable in. Like, what does that? what is that going to do? Like, that technology doesn't exist. How'd you figure that out, James Bond? <laughs> so there's a controversy about this movie. The, the script supervisor claims that she did all the directing. And anonymous actors on the set say that's that's true. Why would why would she want the, why would or maybe, she take credit? Or hey, I'm sorry, his name is Sandy, so I assumed it was a woman. But yeah, why would he even care? <laughs> I would I would try to distance myself. But Sandy Schreckler claims he directed it, and hmm. and uh, Wissoff does not agree. Huh. Well, I mean, it's it's obviously the product of a single vision. That's true. I, I think. I mean, I. Oh God. Yeah. Which guy, do you prefer, Citizen Kane or this? <laughs> wow. Um, this is shorter than Citizen Kane. Uh, I don't think so. I think Citizen Kane is shorter than this. Man. Yeah, that's a tough one. No, I like Citizen Kane. Although it's another Me one too. I don't. Too. I I probably won't ever watch again. I might watch it again to see. Maybe the the camera angles and stuff. Yeah. It is. Just, it is actually shorter too. It gets. Citizen Kane totally gets better every time you watch it, as yeah. I think the room does. I think you enjoy the room more the more you watch it. I, ended I will up never sort of ever test that hypothesis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently I, there's a video game based on the room. I saw that. What is? It? Oh my god! Do you just do you end up killing yourself? Is that the the goal? I mean, in real life. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, he did have that great Hulk smash moment uh, near the when he was going for his Oscar after uh, <laughs> after Lisa left, and he starts smashing everything, including his shitty 1970s TV, uh, <laughs> everything he, in the room. He created a pilot for television in 2000 something, 2013 or 14, called Neighbors, and I thought it was an alien show, but no relation. What's that alien show called? I thought it was called The Neighbors. Yeah, I don't know. It is. Yeah, I think it's called okay. The Neighbors. He just happened to pick the same name. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure that's why I didn't get picked up. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have if, if only he had picked an original name. And it right. probably had nothing to do with Neighbors, just much like this film had nothing to do with The Room. <laughs> I mean, maybe he was focusing on the the bedroom that they were having sex in. Is that what I mean? That's all I can think. The dude's obviously... And it wasn't really a bedroom. It was just like that. You go up the stairs and then you're right there. It's a whole top floor. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, yeah. I think he just doesn't have an understanding of the language. You know, like... And I don't mean, like, like no offense to, like, people who don't speak English as a first language, but clearly he doesn't. And clearly he used words incorrectly in a hilarious, like, misunderstanding kind of way that's, that's cross-cultural. And I think that he... I don't think he even knows what that means. Like, I don't even think that he intended it to, you know, he could have, should have been called the apartment, but then there's already a movie called the apartment. Um, so maybe he had to just downsize and call it the room. It could yeah. be called house. Oh, there's already a movie called house. Right. And it should have been called San Francisco exclamation point. It's <laughs> already a movie called San Francisco exclamation. Damn it. Jeanette McDonald, isn't it? The, well, yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, it could be a language problem. Is there also, like, some kind of weird uh, mistranslation of laughter across cultures? Because <laughs> he suffers from that, too, whatever that reality <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I have to say, I love the death scene at the end when, um, so he blows, he gets a gun from somewhere, right? Like, I don't even know where it came from, and he, he blows his brains out, and um. Uh, his friends rush in, and somebody, somebody, I don't know if it's Lisa or um, Mark, is like, he's laying in a pool of blood, <laughs> and which they show, and there's blood all over him, and he's just put a gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. So there's not much question about whether he's alive or not. And their line is, wake up, Johnny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is he dead? <laughs> and Mark and then, kisses his forehead. Yeah. You were the greatest fan. They go from like, Lisa goes from like being distraught. And then the more people come into the room, she says, he's in a better place. Yeah. yeah when Denny comes in, don't be sad. He's in a better place. And then Denny says, get out of here, get out of here. And they leave for like one Two second, seconds. And, yeah. and then they run back. And then Denny's fine with him being there after yeah. that second. is He's had, yeah, he's, he's going through the stages of, of grief. Yeah. Oh my he's God. worried about who's going to pay for his college. Yeah. And what he's going to do with the drugs. <laughs> All right, you guys are bringing me around. Um, I, I, man. Are oh, you going to masturbate to this one, too? Was, what is your obsession, dude? God, get it over with. My... <laughs> uh, no, I just think, I, when I first watched it, I was like, that was kind of dull. Um, oh, I, I, it's, it was so bad. It was so oh, it's sad. bad, for sure. But I don't. I don't think it was dull. I think it was... Just bad. Yeah, it could have been me like furtively watching it on my monitor at work too, where I kept looking around to make sure nobody was walking in on me. Um, that yeah, if you have to watch this in a decent, for me, anyway, I try. I tried to watch it at work too, and um, it, it you know, and have it in a little window while I was doing it, and it's impossible because you sort of have to take it in. And then I watched. I put it on my computer and like watch it through Apple TV on my big TV screen at home, and. Dear God, the detail in this particular transfer that we were all watching is, like, you see every f piece of loose flesh on Tommy's ass. It's horrific. It's, <laughs> but, yeah, you're not selling me. <laughs> it's very I, immersive. I actually ran to theater and watched it <laughs> <Yeah>. that way. 
That's that's <laughs> the way to do it, really. You've got to find some Tim and Eric awesome show, great job. Watch a couple of their sketches, and then go back to this, and the, you would at least appreciate it for like the the failure of. Well, I know you already appreciate it for the failure that it is, but. Like, there's something really magical about, like, this guy probably banged out a script. This is probably his first draft. You know, oh, he probably... no doubt. <laughs> it's got that beautiful sense of, like, I'm an amateur, and I think I've created magic with one try. And I'm not going to question anything. I'm just going to go with what I wrote here. And nobody's going to have time to process or think about anything. The actors are just going to jump from one emotion to the next. Because that's the way you would write it if you were writing it in high school or something like that. It's kind of beautiful for that reason. But it's terrible. I mean, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> but it's funny for that reason that you see it and you're like, I could do this. Oh. You know, <laughs> anybody <laughs> yeah. could write this. Did Tim and Eric do something with John C. Riley? They did. They John C. Riley does is like a frequent collaborator of theirs. Okay, because I, I think I have seen some of their stuff. Then it's John funny. C. Riley does a um a character on their show called uh, Doctor Steve Brule, and he's like this clueless, constantly confused weirdo doctor, and he actually has his own show called Check It Out. And they do like a season, like of six episodes, like every couple of years. And John C. Riley is hilarious. They do it like a like an '80s informational show, and like their the topics are like friendship, and you know he'll in, he'll interview non actors, and John C. Riley is like, so you're are we friends? Yeah, dingus. <laughs> he's just this weird like moronic character that is is. It's hilarious to watch. It's all on YouTube, but um, he's got a new season starting like uh, in two weeks or something, um, which is always worth watching because the first few episodes are always really funny, and then they get dumb. It reminds me of something. I don't know what this is from, but I saw it on YouTube, and it's Paul Rudd. He walks up to a computer, yes. and he starts clicking on things, and yes. they're different uh, uh, clips of him dancing. Yeah. You guys have seen that. That's so funny. So stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Speaking of Paul Rudd, um, he, who is one of my uh, man crushes, I should say. Oh, me too. Um, I, Pat, we've talked about this, but Michael, have you seen this? There, You can find it, I'm sure, on YouTube or whatever. Uh, there's this clip of like this UK critic, I guess, who's like interviewing Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel for uh, I Love You, Man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of their press junket. And Jason Siegel is so obviously high off his ass during this interview. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. You should, just, you should just watch it. Let's take a break, and I'll watch it right now. <laughs> and apparently I'll <laughs> masturbate, since that seems to be all Pat's interested in. Wait, why am I blamed? <laughs> you keep bringing it up. I, I'm only talking about your habits. <laughs> First of all, you don't know me. <laughs> uh, you do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we should. I guess we should do recommendations. I, I, I can't talk anymore about these two movies. Sure. Um, Michael, you want to go first? Sure. So I, I um, have um, a recommendation for a show that I love, and I don't think you guys would particularly. Um, glean to at least the first time you see it, but. Um, it's an Australian show called Kath and Kim that for years has not been available here. Oh, and I it, remember the abortion of a NBC version they did like three right. episodes of. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's sort of like a it's it's a sitcom that's got something. That, it's not a docu series or anything. They don't ever talk to the camera, but it's about a mother who's like in her late. She's like an empty nester whose daughter moves back home, and the daughter is like a clueless hornbag, and the mother is sort of like this this woman who's um uh she thinks she's sexy and fifty, you know, and like it's it's so hard to to put this show in a nutshell but it's absolutely genius it hasn't been available here for a long time it's won tons of awards in australia but it um it, they made an adaption of it here with molly shannon and selma blair in 2009 or 2008 and it bombed horribly it was terrible it was never funny like they took all the best parts out of it um and the australian version became unavailable because they couldn't have both of them on the air at the same time. So I haven't been able to see it in forever. Just randomly, um, it became available on iTunes um, this, uh, like two weeks ago. And I've been wa- re-watching the whole thing. And you like all four seasons are on iTunes. I think the first episode of the first season might still be free. Um, so it's, it's worth checking out, although it gets much better as it goes on. But it's absolutely hilarious. It's it's hard to explain why, but it's these two clueless people who have this um, – part of the beauty of it is there's multiple characters, but they sort of have this misunderstanding of their own language. So a lot of the humor comes like unintentionally, I think, or maybe just it's subtle – from like mispronunciations and misunderstandings of words. So they may, you know, the biggest laugh you may get in an episode is from the fact that they are misusing a word and they don't know it, or they mispronounce words or they create new words from other words. And it's, it's clearly like dumb people trying to sound smart and everything they do is, is just like typical sitcom sort of foolishness that they take to level that's like i i'm being so vague about this because i don't know how to compartmentalize it oh that's all right i i, I yeah. want to check it out i remember hearing about it when it was the the australian version years ago so it's really good like it's it's about essentially like clueless working class people not, not putting them down but like both actresses, the mother and the daughter, are both played by women in their 40s. So it's kind of funny in like a Jennifer Saunders, Joanna Lumley kind of way, like, you know, AbFab. Yep. It, it's like AbFab if they weren't rich and not drunks, but the same kind of clueless, like, like beer budget kind of people who like take great pleasure in that beer budget life and nothing wrong with that at all. I see it sounds like I'm putting them down, but I love this show so much. So funny. So many good things came out of it. And there's so many like famous people in it because it was so popular in Australia that people make guest appearances, like just throwaway guest appearances, like Jeffrey rushes in it. Paul Hogan. Um, no Paul Hogan that I've seen, but like, um, Dan- Kylie Minogue is is in one episode, um, and it's Yahoo funny. Serious? Uh, well, not Yahoo Serious, so I guess it can't have been that popular if Yahoo Serious wasn't in it. Michael Hutchins, Ghost. But <laughs> Michael Hutchins, Ghost is in the third episode. Oh, okay, um, I'm on board. But yeah, you should you should if you get a chance to watch it, look for it on iTunes and download the first episode if it's still free, or look for it on YouTube. But stay away from the American version because it was horrible. 
But the well, I'll probably watch the American version because I don't care for subtitles, but it sounds great. <laughs> That's the best thing about it. So this is subtitled, right? And when I, you wa- when I watch it on my iPad, the subtitles are automatic. And I'm watching it and I'm listening and the subtitles are wrong. Like whoever <laughs> subtitled them even didn't even English catch- to English. English to English. Like the what they're saying is so nuanced. The jokes and the language is so nuanced in that you really have to watch you know how when you watch british tv or, or australian tv you get what they're saying eventually you pick it up you know what right. they're saying like they say up to pussy's bow or whatever like it it's an expression that they say there and the, whoever did the subtitles didn't understand what they were saying nor did they know the cultural reference so the subtitles are kind of hilariously wrong <laughs> sometimes and i was watching it, i was like this is almost better this is like in a whole other layer the fact that whoever did these couldn't understand what they were saying because it's a different you know accent or different cultural reference or whatever but again i've gushed enough but you should definitely check right. it out Catherine Kim. Time. Catherine Kim. Show. pat uh my recommendation this week is a novel by lauren bukes called the shining girls it's a sci-fi novel about a serial killer who travels through time to kill people what? and i really really liked it because it's it's First of all, it's a well-written thriller, but it also it it doesn't follow the, the kind of a torture porn sort of thing a lot of novels about serial killers do, where you don't really know anything about the person being killed, and it's it's more about kind of it's kind of like enjoying the violence. This is more telling the story about the people getting getting killed and kind of feeling bad when it happens, and it's really well written and kind of a loopy time travel story and good, very good. So, What's it called again? The Shining Girls. Oh, is it about those girls from The Shining? I mean, is that a reference to that? Or no, it has nothing oh, okay. to do with The Shining. Okay. The girls shine. That's kind of part of the the story that he, the the serial killer picks out girls who shine. Oh, in his so, mind. Oh, so it's his perception of them. They don't actually have like right. shining abilities or what have you. Exactly. And it has nothing to do with the Jeffrey Rush movie. I don't. I don't. I think Jeffrey Rush uh, is is plays the serial killer in the movie. Oh, okay. Shine. Oh, great. Shine. The, no, the Shiners. The Shining Girls. Shining Girls. Gotcha. Huh. Well, my I was trying to. So I have two because I was trying to think of something that was horror that was good, and also uh, something that was absurd that was good. So. For my horror, I'm going to pick uh, Jacob's Ladder, which is not necessarily a horror movie. It's definitely not gory, but uh, it's freaky as hell. Um, and that's a nice that's a nice counterbalance to things. Uh, have you guys seen it? Yeah, in high school. It's really good. Trippy. Yeah, it's really old, right? Yeah, 90s, probably 1990. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've seen It's like confusing because it's about a guy who like, isn't he like dying or dead or something? Or don't sorry, Oops. Jesus! You can you can get that out in post production, right? <laughs> dude. I, I, I think spoiler time is at least twenty five years. I don't. I don't. We're not quite there. Is that so, Tim Robbins or Spader? Tim Robbins. Remember. Tim Robbins. Yeah. And for my absurd, uh, I will pick um, the Young Ones, British TV show from the eighties. Exactly the room. What? <laughs> exactly like the room except a billion times better now who's in the young ones uh nobody really famous outside of britain i don't think um 
and I can't even remember their names. I mean, the characters' names are the actors' names, but all I know is all I can remember is first names. Like that dude's Rick, name is Vivian. Yeah, Vivian, Rick, and oh no, Rick, Rick Myall. Rick Myall's Mile? from um, Drop Dead Fred, right? Uh, is that yes, movie? yeah, yeah. With Phoebe Cates, yeah, wonderful movie. Ooh. As and Young Ones is awesome too. Yeah, and uh, it it's a. Uh, it was like eye opening because they showed it on MTV back when I was like you know thirteen or whatever. Sure. And uh, and just totally totally different than anything that was going on here. So, I recommend it. I remember that show. I always used to get that confused with Square Pegs. Oh. Because <laughs> I, I had seen Square Pegs and I thought people would say the young ones and I was like I think you mean Square Pegs. <laughs> and I'd, I've never seen the young ones. <laughs> I don't think Square Pegs ever had a sandwich landed a huge room size sandwich. But I didn't see every episode of Square Pegs. I think but, I did. I, yeah, I don't remember any uh, talking cheese or anything on Square Pegs. Um, but that would be a good one to do, the Young, one, young Ones versus Square Pegs. <laughs> if Square Pegs is even available anywhere, it probably I is. Think I we think we tried to is. find it. And I thought we tried. We were going to do Square Pegs versus Sex in the City. Oh, well. Maybe I've seen it on TV or something. Because Square Pegs is what Wendy Jo Sperber, who I love but has passed on. And um, Sarah, she was in it. Yeah, and uh, Jessa um, Horseface. What's her name? Yeah, Sarah Jessica. Um, God, what's her name? Parker. Parker. Wait, what? What is Wendy? Is Wendy J. J. Sperber a teacher? No, she's like the. She's like the. She always played sort of the big frizzy haired, like heavy set sort of best friend. I thought she'd be too old for that because at that point she was in uh, Bosom Buddies around that time. Am I confusing my shows? You might. She, All right, did, she did have a kind of overweight friend. I don't know if it was Wendy Jo Sperber, but I haven't seen it since it was on. So I God damn it, I'm going to look it up right now. You can you can take a break. This is this is fabulous podcasting right now. <laughs> I think everyone's <laughs> turned it off now. I would hope so. <laughs> Once they saw that spoiler, like, get out of here. I know. Jacob's Ladder ruined. <laughs> I didn't know. I, do I was talking about the spoiler for the room. Oh. Oh my God! It's not that I've. That's the answer. It was not. Um, it was uh, Jamie Gertz. It was oh. not. Wait, but there was an overweight uh, girl on the show, right? Damn, it was um, Jamie. Gertz. Yes, they were Jessica the two Parker. stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, Pat follows Patty Green. Well, good luck with uh, getting together with your your gay crush Matthew Broderick <laughs> now after bad mouthing his beard. Oof. As much, God, they they can have each other. Sarah Jessica Barker. And on that note, I think we'll say goodbye to these fine people. Well, uh, give the spiel, Pat. Oh, uh, write to us at popculture popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. Rate us highly on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Saints, tell your friends to listen in. Yeah, at gunpoint. And well, they can listen in as uh, any way they want, but you should point a gun at them. Unloaded. Tell, tell them to vote for me for their favorite guest um, guest star. Yes, and vote for David Snyder as your favorite guest. I mean, vote for Michael as your favorite guest star. <laughs> and even if you don't vote for Michael, vote against Mia. We can all agree on that. I'm, I'd be okay with that. Let's just all vote against Mia. <laughs> no, she, she has to come back to defend herself and really just to insult you. <laughs> I, w- I would be totally into that. She actually would have liked to do this one because she's a fan of the room, but I told her to go fuck herself. So, 
Uh, we'll have her back uh, when we do our Dolly Parton Christmas special. Oh, we'll have all our wait. guests back. Um, <laughs> but thanks again, Michael. I'm sure you'll be on soon so we can actually do uh, 9 to 5 versus uh, Office Space. Oh, absolutely. But until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.